Well, guys, welcome. If you're visiting today, welcome. It's great to great to have you, and I hope you're blessed today, and your churches are blessed from today too through you guys. So, at the moment, we're in a series. We're in part four of a series called Abundant Life, and. It's really focused on biblical finance. We've spoken about having a right heart towards our money and stuff. And that flows throughout everything. And then we've had a couple of weeks speaking about tithing, about giving our first fruits, bringing our first fruits into his house. Today, we're taking a step on from that, which is multiply. Today's title is multiply. And I'm going, what I'm going to do today is to start, I'm going to knit together a couple of stories that I've told you. Because I told you one story over a few weeks and broke it into different parts. Some of you guys will have heard some parts. Some of you guys who are here today won't. What had happened is Jess and I, we got married, but we were in debt. We lived in our student loan, a thousand pound overdraft for each. So we were bouncing around in our student loan and we just couldn't get out of it. And the thing that God challenged us to do through one of the leaders of the church was start tithing. We're like, we can't afford to tithe. So you can't afford not to tithe. So we started tithing and incredibly just in a few months, we were out of our debt and we were beginning to think, so we were giving to the church and a little bit extra and our finances were in a, a good place where we were in this place where the first payment in the month, we were giving it into the church. A concept that we didn't even really understand then, that the first blesses the rest. Because down that, yeah, that the first blesses the rest. That we just kind of tithed in faith and we gave a little bit extra and we were blessed and our finances grew and those of you who were here at the first one will remember the story that over those two years we knew we were coming to Hong Kong and we were saving and we had saved by that point about £6,000. We'd saved about £6,000 over two years up until four or five months before we left and God had challenged us then this one Sunday, a special offering, give £2,000. Give a third of that away. Our security, our lifeline, our, our safety blanket for coming to Hong Kong. Give a third of that away. And it was, oh, it was hard. But we gave it in, in faith. Eight or seven days later, the following Sunday, we didn't see anything happen. The following Sunday, God challenged us, give £1,000. So we gave £1,000. By that point, we'd given away half of the money that we'd spent two years to save. And some of you guys will remember that was part of, um, that was the story I opened with in part one to do with the condition of our heart. Is our heart ready to be generous? Is our heart ready, surrendered and trusting to God? And I shared it as that example. But there was something else that was going on behind the scenes that God challenged us to give. And we received. And then we, in that season, kept on giving and receiving. And it was an incredible season where money was coming in and going out, all kicked off by that, that week or those eight days of, of giving. And four or five months later, so just before we were due to come away from Hong Kong, that account that had started with 6,000 and we'd given half away and continued to get back and give and get back and give was at 18,000 pounds. But God did in four months what had taken us in our own strength two years to save just half of that so three times what we'd started off with so what had happened what had happened and this is the thing that was going on behind the scenes a multiplication had taken place it happened in a way that would seem completely illogical 
that would seem nonsensical to most people. That that doesn't make any sense. But that's exactly how God works. And so today what I want us to do is go into and look at and open our eyes and open our hearts and our minds to God's principles of multiplication. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. That's where your heart is. You need to check it. And in fact, we need to watch our hearts with these kind of things because it can be so easy to be coming into a place where our minds and our hearts are just focused on getting. You know, that doesn't honor God. I don't believe God's sitting up in heaven saying, oh, wow, my kids really want to get and they really, they really know how to get. No, it's about giving. Because when we see, if you guys have kids, when you see the generosity of your kids, it breaks your heart. And you're just like, yes, I love that. Because he loves to see his kids being givers. And he will resource the givers. So check your heart. This is about being able to give more, not being about, not about being able to get more. So here's today's big idea to think through. Only what is blessed and given away multiplies. Only what is blessed and then given away multiplies. So we're going to start in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Well, let's go to Luke 9, 12 to 17. I'll, trans I'll translate the pipe for you. Okay. Now the day was ending and the 12 came and said to him, Send the crowd away, that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat. For here we are in a desolate place. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're in a place without provision, without resource. They're in the middle of nowhere. But he said to them, as Jesus, he responds to them, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. That means there was about 20,000 people. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each. Groups of 50. Organize the people into groups of 50. And they did so and had them all sit down. Then he took the fish and the loaves. and the, Sorry, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke them and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people and they all ate and were satisfied you know it's not a measly meal they ate loads they were satisfied they were full and the broken pieces which they had left over were picked up 12 baskets full amazing no food desolate place just a small thing and yet we end up with this result it's a story of multiplication We've read this story many, many times. If you've grown up as a believer, you've probably known this one from Sunday school. We've known it for years. It's not unfamiliar to us. Within it are two principles core to multiplication in God's kingdom. So in this story, what's going on? The disciples, they're seeing the crowd that they've been out in this desolate place all day. Jesus is teaching and teaching. He's setting an example for how pastors should be when they speak. That's a joke. And then the, the disciples are worried. They're like, these guys need to go. They're like, Jesus, the people need to eat. It's getting late. Send them. Let them go away. Let them go and find some food. And what does Jesus say to them? You feed them. You feed them. You give them something to eat. 
There's a challenge in that statement itself. That sometimes we sit around praying and asking God to do something that he's actually saying to us, no, you go and do that. You go and act in faith. You go and see the impossible happen. So what does happen when Jesus says to them, feed them? You can imagine what the disciples are saying. Imagine the looks on their faces. What's he talking about? Has Jesus lost it? We've only got these five loaves and two fish. How are we supposed to do that? And then they think, oh, we could go. We could go and buy the food. They must actually have quite a lot of money on them. They could go and buy the food. They're looking in that moment at their, at their resources. They're looking at what they have in their hands. What they can and can't do in their own strength. They don't see the loaves and the fish as an option because they don't think about putting it into his hands. But you know what? There's always enough. Even the little that you have in your hands, God can make enough if you're prepared to surrender it to him, if you're prepared to trust him in the way that he says, the way of the upside down kingdom. Jesus asks, what food do you have? They say five loaves, two fish. It's their lunch probably, or the leftovers from what they were eating earlier. They're probably hungry. These guys are probably in need too. They're thinking, actually, this is our snack for the walk home, because we're miles away from anywhere. Then Jesus says, to these guys whilst they're talking about all this get them to sit down in groups of 50 that's funny enough in itself because they've got this big problem and then Jesus gets these 12 guys to organise 20,000 people if you think about that situation I mean sometimes it's hard enough just to get a small church to like settle down and sit down let's do communion you know imagine trying to organise 20,000 people into groups of 50 so but they do it and then the disciples hand him the bread he says give me the bread disciples hand him the bread and the fish and jesus looks up to heaven and does he just break it no he blesses it he blesses it and here's the best bit if you imagine the disciples faces here's the best bit it's not like in those like old 1960s movies of this scene where jesus like lifts up a big basket and it comes down and it's like loads of food on it. It comes down and it's still five loaves and two fish. Maybe it doesn't go up, it says he looks up to heaven. Nothing changes, it's just there. It's the same meal. You can imagine the disciples stood there looking at it being like, it's the same meal. So he blesses it and then he starts breaking it up. At first it is just that same meal, but something significant has happened. It is now blessed. Imagine the disciples' faces when they're looking at what's going on. As Jesus starts breaking the bread and the fish and then giving it to the disciples and handing it to them. And they're like, okay, well, where's this going? Okay, there you go, Peter. And it's for the first little bit. Do you want me to go share that with 10,000 people, Lord? It's like a scrub. But then more comes and more and more. And so that's the amazing thing, that Jesus breaks it breaks the fish, breaks the bread again and again and hands it to them and keeps giving it to them again and again and again and again and again. And they go out and they set the food before the people. The little, the five loaves and the two fish, the little that was given into the master's hands was first blessed and then multiplied by giving it away for the very purpose 
of giving it away. What was the result? 12 baskets left over, picked up. 12 baskets of food from the leftovers that they had picked up. More than enough, not just enough so that everyone had one fish and half a bit of bread, an abundance, an abundance. See, this story we look at shows two core principles of multiplication. First principle, something must be blessed before it can multiply. So think about that moment, what Jesus, what happens first in the story. They give the food to Jesus and Jesus blesses it. That little portion that's handed over in faith to the Lord so that he could bless it. When Jesus had blessed it, had it multiplied? No. It was still five loaves, two fish. Sorry. Yeah, five loaves, two fish. But what had changed? It was now blessed. Those five loaves and two fish, the little was now blessed. And if something isn't blessed, it won't multiply in this way. It first needs to be blessed. What have we spoken about the last two weeks? We've been speaking the last two weeks about bringing the first fruits, bringing the tithe. We've looked at, through many verses in the story, about how the first, the little, the tithe, the first fruits, blesses the rest. The tithe is blessed, but it brings a blessing on the rest. Speaking about our righteousness in Christ, Paul refers to this principle of first fruits, principle of the tithe. In Romans eleven sixteen, the first part of that, it says, if the part of the dough offered as a first fruit is holy, then the whole batch is holy. The, the first fruit impacts the rest. See, before something can multiply, it needs to be blessed. I believe in that story of Jess and I coming here, that that is why God didn't just get us to give a bunch of money away and wait, but actually all those years before, he first got us to tithe, to learn this principle of bringing the first fruits, because it brought a blessing on the rest. It was putting our little into the hands of the master, surrendering to him and trusting him. Although at the time, I actually didn't realize it. I didn't really know what was going on. Just felt like I would do this that it then saw years later when he said, give, an amazing blessing poured out. See, we bring the tithe to Jesus, bring it into his house, to his bride, and it releases blessing upon the rest. And I believe God knows that is a hard thing for us to stomach, a hard principle for us to kind of get our heads around. And that's why that's the only thing in the Bible God says, test me in this. It's in Malachi 3, Malachi 3.10, test me in this. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. Something's got to be blessed before it can multiply. Principle number two, it must be given away in order to multiply. It must be given away in order to multiply. Jesus blesses these five loaves and two fish. Right there at that moment, at that point in time, these five loaves, sorry, Jesus, all the disciples, they could have just eaten it, couldn't they? There's still five loaves and two fish. They could have just eaten what they had in their hands. There and then. And it would have stayed as five loaves and two fish in these guys' stomachs. And not ended up with baskets and baskets and baskets of fish and bread. It needed to be broken. It needed to be shared. It needed to be given away in order for it to multiply. Because that's what Jesus was doing. He kept on giving it to the disciples, didn't he? Jesus broke it 
and gave it to the disciples and kept on giving it. And the disciples in turn went out and gave what Jesus was giving them to the people. It was only as Jesus was breaking the bread and he was breaking the fish and handing it to them and giving it away that the multiplication came. I've been really challenged in this, very challenged in this. Because you know, I, I shared last, last week in the first fruits sermon just how Jess and I somehow potentially something crazy has happened in the last couple of years in our lives but somehow um, our giving went from a lot more to just giving just bringing the tithe not giving over and above and that's been really challenge, challenging doing this series for Jess and I because God's been challenging us no look give more don't just give the tithe don't just bring the tithe bring more bring that extra the thing that we often forget or sometimes maybe don't know maybe this is the first time you're hearing it is that it's only that which is given away that will multiply that which we keep and eat won't you may say you know well tithing is that not giving is tithing not giving but i believe there's a difference between tithing and giving the tithe is bringing back to god what is his is what he asks us to bring him it's that heart test we spoke about that tenth but as we bring the tithe to the local church it makes all that is ours all that he's put in our hands blessed go back and look at malachi 3:10. another way to think about it is you can't give away that which isn't yours if i give you a thousand dollars you'd probably hang on to it until i ask for it back right I just say hey can you just hold on to this for me that which isn't ours we can't give it away that's the tithe See, tithing isn't really giving it's returning to god what is already his the second principle of giving away that we're looking at what is blessed is speaking about what we do with the rest the rest of what we have the rest of our finances if they're to multiply they need to be shared and i know i've experienced not not sharing it and actually i can now track back and i can see ah oh, i can see a correlation in my life between receiving seeing multiplication and my state of giving at the time that is why there is a distinction in the bible between tithes and offerings they're not the same thing giving and tithes are different they're different so only what is given away can multiply and suddenly that story as i've been in the last couple of weeks has become clear to me what was actually going on for jess and i all those years ago that the lord got us to tithe in order that the rest was blessed and then for the lord to increase our savings dramatically in just those four months he got us to live out that second principle, giving it away. So how did the Lord multiply our finances? He could have just given us a load of cash. He could have, right? He could have just had someone come up to us and give us a massive check. He could have, he's got. But he called us to give, called us to learn this principle. And as we gave, multiplication came. It is the upside down kingdom that we are a part of, the servant, is the leader the carpenter is the king of glory the giver receives 
So let's just have a quick look at offerings. It's important that we don't forget offerings. If you aren't tithing, tithing is a good place to start. Tithing is important. Tithing brings a blessing on the rest. Tithing is the foundation on which giving's built. But it's not just tithes. Verse 8 in Malachi 10, where it speaks of us robbing God in tithes and offerings. In other words, it's not just the tithes, but it's tithes and offerings that functioning together that release this abundant blessing into our lives that we could be a blessing, that we could be givers. So Malachi 3, 8 and 10 says, how are, you, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. See, multiplication comes because it's first blessed and then the rest multiplies when it's given away. And that story of the feeding of the 5,000, it isn't just the only example. There are many, many places in the Bible where we see this principle taking place through different languages at different times. See, throughout the Bible, our handling as well is often illustrated by farming principles, this picture of sowing seed. Next week, we're gonna go into that more, that money is seed. Today, this week, I'm just going to focus a little bit more in depth on the multiplication aspect of seed. Next week, we're going to talk about seed in general. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Speaking about finances, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. It's awesome. Giving, sowing, it's important. It's God who blesses us with money. He blesses us with seed. He blesses the farmer with seed. What are we gonna do with it? See, if a farmer has a load of seed come in and then he decides to eat it all that year, what will he plant to see an increase for next year? What, what will there be for the harvest, the next harvest? He won't have any because he'll have eaten it all. He needs to not eat it now and plant the seed so that there is a harvest, so that more seed is produced. He needs to cast the seed, doesn't he? If he leaves it in a bag, nothing happens. If he, he needs to cast the seed. He needs to sow the seed. He needs to give the seed to the girth, to the ground, to see something happen. The, poor, the proportion that we sow will be reflected in the harvest we receive. Our giving should be something of joy, something that you decide in your heart, not feel compelled to or guilt-tripped into. It should be something of our joy, that you never give out of obligation. Never give out of obligation. It's something of joy. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. So as we sow, we reap. As we give, we receive. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Give and it will be given. It's the same principle. Sow and you will reap. This is another example of a farming illustration to do with giving. God is saying that in our giving, we're going to receive back in keeping with our giving, but that there would be an abundance. So this phrase that we read there, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That doesn't mean too much to us. We can maybe imagine something along those lines, but it would have spoken a lot to the guys first reading this, because in those days, you had farmers and you would have had a guy, the, the, the paid worker, that they just went out, they were paid by the day, they would fill their baskets up, take it back, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't put too much in it. They'd just kind of fill it and take it back and go and do their day's work. They're allowed to glean from the side of the field. This is what they'd do, because they would go to the edge of the field and they would harvest, they would get all, as much grain as they could, and they'd put it in their baskets and then they would press it down. And then they'd shake it together, because obviously what they could take home with them was life or death. Their family depended on it. So they're trying to get as much as possible. And they press it down, shake it, get rid of the air spaces, put more on, pack it down. And then when it's level at the top, pour more on top. So there's like that pyramid, it's pouring off the side. So what God's saying is, you're going to have this basket you're barely going to be able to lift. There's going to be overflowing. That's his response to a giver. See, seeds multiply, don't they? One seed equals much fruit. One seed equals much fruit. In Psalm 126, 5 to 6, it says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. Why would you do that? Because you barely got any. You're still hungry, but you know you've got to go and do that because the harvest is coming. Yeah, you, you maybe got this small bag of seed and you could make a few loaves of bread from that. But if you sow it, you're going to be able to make truckloads, if they had trucks, cartloads of bread will return those who go out weeping carrying seeds to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them see when you see money as seed to be sown even with your very little you may be sowing with tears but when the harvest comes we reap with joy the laws in God's kingdom it's the same as in God's creation. So if I sow a kernel of wheat, one kernel of wheat, I don't expect a stick with one kernel of wheat on the top, do I? I expect about 40 kernels of wheat on the top of that. Sowing, it brings a multiplication because that's just what happens. It would be crazy to expect something else. But you always get multiplication when you sow God's way. If you feel your heart challenged by this, and, you're like, oh, and it grates in some ways, I suspect it's something to do with money. Either that you're focused on getting, or you kind of feel, oh, maybe actually we should, we're Christians, we should be poor. We shouldn't get anything. We shouldn't talk about money. But in that, I just want to challenge you guys, because both of those views are focused on money. They're not focused on God. Remember, we said we've got to be focused on God, not stuff. 
focused on God, not money. See, we've got a choice whether with our money we follow the principles that he lays out or we don't. And if we don't, we're following other like common, common wisdom, worldly principle, principles. But I encourage you, follow the principles of the upside down kingdom. Today, it isn't about getting rich. It isn't about having loads of stuff. It isn't focused on stuff. It isn't focused on money. It's about you being a blessing. It's about being a blesser who is blessed to pour out blessing. So it's not about you getting loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads, but it's about you being in a position to reflect God so that you can give loads and loads and loads and loads. So only what is first blessed and then given away multiplies. Only what is sown multiplies. Next week, what we're going to do is go into this principle of seed and sowing in more depth and the different aspects around that. And just to end, part of our vision, I've said it before, but to remind you guys, part of our vision is to be a resourcing church. That we would be able to give more than we keep. That we'd be able to give to missionaries and missions and church plants and awesome aid, aid organizations and charities all over the world. This stuff is important teaching for us as a church to follow as individuals, but then us corporately as a church, what the church itself does with our money. I think too often we can look like the disciples looked at the bread and fish, at the salaries of the people in the church and think, well, you guys have got these kind of high-flying CEOs, so you're a wealthy church and we don't. We've got these kind of people employed in these kind of things. So we're not a wealthy church, but let's not look at what's in our hands, but let's look at what can happen when we put what is ours into his hands. See, only what is blessed, handed into the heart, into his hands, and then given away, multiplies. So guys, what's the time at the end? I'll just see if we have, yeah. I'll, I'll just invite um, Sarah to come back up. And um, we're gonna go into this response time now. Have a time of prayer, and then we're gonna, Sarah will just start us into our last song. What is God? getting you to be giving today what's god getting you to be giving? maybe he's been speaking to you maybe the last few weeks have been challenged about bringing the tithe have you been challenged today about giving and that may be the church you know it may be to another organization maybe to some some other place to be bringing your offerings and your giving you choose decide in your heart what you'll give and where you'll give it testimony testimony if you're here today and you've never received Jesus or you're listening to the podcast and you've never received Jesus and you, you're saying, look, I, I want to receive Jesus today. I want to follow him. I, I, want, I don't really get everything, but I just want to make a decision today to say, God, I want to pursue you and discover you. If that's you, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. You just say it under your breath if this is you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin upon the cross. 
thank you that I am now acceptable before the Father. Thank you for forgiving my sin. I want to know you today. And I choose to follow you and give you my life every day from this day forward. Lead me from here. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Guys, just close your, keep your eyes closed. If you prayed that, keep your eyes closed, please. If you guys prayed that, I'd love to connect with you after the service. If you prayed that, could you put your, pop your hand up in the air? Just as all eyes are closed. I'll just give you a moment. If you're on the podcast, please send us a message through the website. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, guys, I'm just going to pray and then we'll go. If you would like prayer, have your hands just open and flat in front of you and someone will come around and pray. Father, thank you for today, God, and I just pray your peace on every single one of us. Lord, I speak health over us and our children in Jesus' mighty name, those who are here and those who are not able to be here today. Lord, health on us and protection on us in Jesus' name. Protection on the Sai Kung and Hong Kong, God. Lord, I just speak... A Lord, I just speak a life and a healing just around this whole thing to do with the virus, God. Lord, we just pray for miracles to happen. Lord, we pray for your church in the midst of it in China, Lord. Lord, they, they would just see miracles happen, that people would be coming to faith because they'd be seeing your mighty hand, God, at work there, Jesus, in your name, God. Lord, today as we're in this place, God, I just pray over this thing of giving, God, that you would just... Bring us into that place of trusting you and surrendering to you, Lord. Guys, this is part of our beautiful communication with him. Ask him, Lord, is what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? In your mighty name, God, we do, Lord, I just pray a blessing on these people as they go out from here, that you would be blessed in Jesus' name.